Okay, good Monday. What is it? Afternoon. It seems like morning to me. It seems like it should be morning. I don't know what it is about me this last few days, but I, I have been waking up later. I have been having trouble getting started during the day. And then I'm up until 4, 3, 4 in the morning. I don't really know what's going on. Maybe our guest today can help me out with that. We're going to be talking with Missy Tolly. Missy is a psychic medium. Uh, we're going to talk to her about her work how she discovered her sensitivities, how she's improved them, worked with them, and how she uses them to help people. That's all coming up in just a moment here. But thanks for joining us. I'm going to give people a few minutes to uh, jump into the chat rooms and and uh, join the program. In the meantime, I'll talk about what we've got coming up. A couple really cool things. Actually, it's the same thing, but a couple of times. We've got some live investigations coming up right after Thanksgiving. Now, it's not the weekend after Thanksgiving. That's just too crazy. There's family, there's stuff going on. It's the following weekend, November 30th, December 1st. And then we're taking a, a, a travel day on the 2nd of December. And then December 3rd and December 4th. We've got two locations in the greater Indianapolis, Indiana area. We're going to be investigating live for you. Now, we had a problem, as you know, with our last live investigation. We traveled to Missouri. It was an amazing place called Cooper Hill, uh, west of uh, St. Louis. We actually got some great uh, things happen for us on, on camera and on audio recorders. But as you know, when we got there, the high-speed internet that they said they had wasn't quite the internet we needed to be able to do our live broadcast. So we had to record the investigations, which we did, and we've been presenting some of our findings over the course of the last couple of weeks. In fact, last night, Britt and I were on. We uh, showed video of a door closing by itself, which was, it sounds, I mean, it sounds interesting, of course, but it doesn't sound as impactful as it actually was because when that door closed, we were in the middle at the same time, uh, a floor below where that door was, uh, getting amazing personal experiences, including a shadow person appearing for us. We had people talking to us and communicating us to us through what's called the ink box. It's a form of a spirit box, and it was all happening simultaneously. We're going to have an edited version of the entire investigation, but also those clips uh, up on both our, our Facebook page and our YouTube page. You'll be able to find them there. But if you want to see them now, you can go to last night's discussion that Britt and I had, and uh, you'll see that uh, evidence shown there. But anyway, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. These two investigations are going to be great. December, th uh, no, November 30th, December 1st, and then December 3rd and 4th, again, near Indianapolis. Be sure to look for uh, more information about that. We'll reveal the locations as we get a little bit closer. We'll have the Ghost Sisters with us again. They are terrific investigators and a lot of fun to investigate with. Uh, so please mark that in your calendar. Better yet, Subscribe to our pages, hit the notification icon so you get a something pops up on your screen when we go live and you will know when we are investigating. And uh, speaking of that, if you can find it in your hearts and your wallets to subscribe to our channels, we appreciate that. It helps us get out on the road and do these live investigations. There's nothing inexpensive about getting out and traveling with a crew and cameras and all that equipment that we bring out on the road so that we can present TV quality investigations to you free on the internet. So if you can subscribe and help support our efforts, we'd appreciate it. You can do that on Facebook. And in fact, I really recommend you doing it on Facebook because Facebook doesn't take a cut of the, the uh, subscription revenue. It all comes to our efforts, which is terrific. If you are more comfortable doing a super chat or something on YouTube, we, we fully appreciate that as well. And then also we're on Twitch and on Twitch, you can subscribe. And the neat thing about Twitch 
is if you have an Amazon Prime account, which almost everybody does now, but if you have one, you can actually link your Amazon Prime account to one channel on Twitch. And that counts as a subscription for that channel, but it doesn't cost you anything. So go to Twitch, poke around. I can't even tell you exactly how to do it because it's it, you have to kind of follow the icons and all that. But you can do that, and it gives us the credit and the financial support. So I'll thank everyone in advance. We've had so many people step up to help us in this endeavor, and we appreciate that. So as I said, we've got a great discussion ahead of us today. We're going to be talking with Missy Tolley. Missy is a psychic medium. Her website is uh, Medium Missy. I hope I got that right, Missy. I, I, I made a mistake when I we originally started. It's MediumMissy.com or Missy the Medium. It's Medium Missy, right? MediumMissy.com. M-E-D-I-U-M-M-I-S-S-Y.com. You know, you were telling me before the show that, uh, you know, you're a little bit technically challenged. I'm a little bit memory challenged anymore. It seems like <laughs> my head is so filled with useless information that the important stuff I seem to forget. But anyway, it's great to have you here. Thanks so much for agreeing to jump on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the the, the conversation so far. Yeah. It's been interesting. But you were tapping into why things are kind of crazy for you right now. And it might be today's actually the uh, new moon in Scorpio. So there's going to be some really abrupt changes for everybody. Um, there's going to be some um, really, uh, I, I would say if you have stuff from the past that you're dealing with or patterns or um, bad habits that need to change, this is the time to do it. Because with the new moon in Scorpio, we're getting ready to move into Sag energy, which is the people pleaser, the party pleaser, the know-it-all. And we want to kind of get into knowing who we are authentically. And nobody wants a copycat. Nobody wants to see you doing what everyone else is doing. And if you're focusing on what you love and what you want to do, your mind will get right. Your journey will get right. Your purpose will be fulfilled. It'll all come together. So what I just heard you say in my little mind that doesn't comprehend too much of this stuff, I heard you say that diet I have been planning for actually years, honestly. But every day I wake up and say, today's the day I'm going to do it. I actually can start it today and it's going to work. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, it's about, well, I mean, your intention has so much power behind it because it's what you want on the inside. So this new moon in Scorpio is, Scorpio in itself is secretive and sexual and just very risky. And if you take all the things that you've been holding in secretly, uh, your secret desires, wants, needs, all of that, if you put that energy into your intention, you can be successful. You just have to, you know, own your purpose, own what you want and, and want it with conviction. So, yeah. All right. I'm going to take that as a gospel. And today's the day I'm going to make this <laughs> stick. Anyway, so um, tell me a little bit about how this started for you. Uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of psychic mediums and most of them have experiences as kids that they don't fully understand. Uh, is that how it started for you? It is. I can remember being so little and well, I mean, it goes back to, I remember seeing a dead girl when I was little and for years and years, my parents were like, what is happening? Like, let's call the psychiatrist. Let's put her on all this medicine. And the medicine didn't help the spirits go away. But the one experience that I had was in third grade. And this was profound for me because that's when I knew I was, I was totally different. I was in third grade. I told my teacher, hey, there's a a man standing here and he told me to tell you his legs don't hurt anymore, but he's okay. And the next day 
I got called into the office at third grade in third grade and all the teachers were there and they're like, um, so I, and to kind of back, go back a moment, I kept referring to this man as her grandpa and here the following day when I was in the principal's office, you know, thinking I was in trouble here, the teachers told me, how did you know that her grandpa passed away in a car accident the day before? and his legs were crushed. That's how he passed away. And I'm not gonna give names or anything, but it was a profound experience for a third grader. And um, that was, and from that point, school was very difficult for me to concentrate because I would be in school and it would be, it would just be chaos for me. <laughs> they thought I couldn't pay attention. And uh, it just so ironically happens to be so. My husband, Trevor, and I are having the same kind of um, synchronicities with our seven-year-old in first grade right now. So we're, we're dealing with it full circle. <laughs> so when I was younger, definitely. I can't imagine. I can't imagine, though, that, that the weight of that, what you experienced in third grade, the weight of that on a child of that age. Um I mean, dealing with it is one thing, just a, a child just experiencing that. I mean, you having that vision, basically, you want, and then learning what happened, that must have been, you say it's profound. I think that's probably an understatement. Uh, I would I, I would definitely concur with you for sure. Um, I, I will say that my mom did try to get me some help. Um, but when your parents don't know what's happening or how to protect you or guide you in the right direction, um, and as parents, we can all kind of associate with, okay, my kid needs to do this, but I don't know how to help them. Um, and the best thing to do is write it out. But, you know, that's why me really working with kids now is important. Any time a child comes to me or their family comes to me, I don't charge them for anything. I help them. I'm there when they need me. And it, it that that's important to me because as a little girl, it was beyond terrifying. And it was beyond, I mean, the experiences were immeasurable. Like you can't, you can't describe some of the horrifying things that I saw. But as I learned to talk to them, the spirits, I realized that they were human to most of them. <laughs> That's a different story, but I realized that they were people too. They just didn't have a body. And I, I kind of tapped it all away, you know, through high school and through, you know, early, my early twenties. And then it kind of all just came back out and thank God I married somebody who, who was into the paranormal back in the nineties. So when I married my husband, it kind of all clicked and he was my safe space. So it was really cool to have someone who didn't think I was nuts. And because of my husband, I have been able to grow as a psychic and medium and, and, um, help touch people's lives. And I'm grateful for that. I have so many things to ask you based on what you just said. First thing I need to do is I need to thank Big Hair Tsunami for jumping into our YouTube chat and immediately with a super chat. Thank you, Big Hair. You know, we love you. Uh, Mary Grace wants to know uh, in our Facebook chat if this, these experiences, and I think you may have answered this a little bit, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, if these experiences physically or, or, or emotionally scared you? Were you scared yeah. when this stuff was happening? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know what to do. I definitely 
felt like you really can't talk to anybody about it because they, you know, as a child, we just want to be loved and accepted. And when you're kind of shushed, by society, then you kind of hide that version of yourself. Well, creeping up in my 40s here, buddy, JV, I'm not hiding anything anymore. And to answer her question, it was scary. But when you can get beyond the fact that these souls were once people like us too, and they just have a story to tell or they need help, uh, that is where that fear needs to go out the window. And that's where you need to help. If, if anybody ever came to me, living or dead, and said, I need, I need you to hear my story, I will listen. I've got two ears. God gave us two ears for a reason. I have to talk about the child experience a little bit because I think it's rather common for children, and I'm not saying that every child goes through this, but the ones that do, like you did, are often either punished, uh, sent for medical treatment, and I'm not discouraging anyone from seeking medical treatment. Everyone should uh, look into medical treatment if there's an issue going on. I, I'm very careful about that. But either way, sometimes medical treatment isn't the answer. Um, or there, as you know, you said you were sent to the principal's office and you thought you were going to be punished, uh, scolded, yeah. whatever. How common do you think it is that children have these sensitivities as you did in third grade of this experience and they are just basically scolded out of, accepting what really happened to them and therefore they shut it off, shut it down and ignore these sensitivities as they grow older, maybe keep it hidden away for their entire lives. Uh, well, we're all born with uh, this psychic antenna to heaven. We're all created. The soul is the eternal part of us. The spirit is our personality, right? And so as we're all existing and thriving in this fleshy dimension, basically, what happens is in our human way of thinking, we go to fear first because we got to put a label on it. Everything has to have a label. Everything has to have a cause and effect, right? But when we don't understand something, especially in the supernatural or metaphysical world, we kind of say, okay, that can't be real because we can't see it, touch it, feel it, smell it, taste it. But that's just not the way this works. And as a psychic child, we've all been born into this ability, but we choose through other, um, how do I want to say this? Other people teaching us that this isn't normal. Like, oh, it's just a dream or, oh, oh, you're daydreaming or, oh, that was just you remembering a scary movie and that's just not okay as a parent or a guardian of a child who is having a, um, these experiences the best thing you can do is be the safe space for that child and listen and acknowledge like okay is this a behavior that is consistent or is this just an, a once in a while thing most of the time with psychic children that i've learned my whole life doing this is that it's not um, as consistent as you think it is because it just happens randomly. It can happen at the park. It can happen at the grocery store where spirits are connected to these children. And it's like, well, wait a second, I'm dead. I didn't even, I just went to the first person who I knew could see or hear me and well, damn it there. Can I, I don't know if I can say that, but we'll okay. have like, oh, God, this is a kid. How are they going to talk to, you know, an elderly person who's crossed over or a person who's crossed over from tragedy or a person who's crossed over from murder or, you know, a self-inflicted, um, death. So it is very uh, humbling now as an adult 
being able to help parents understand just listen to your child and are they visibly shaken? Are they emotionally shaken? Because if that's the case, then yeah, you can go check in the closet and check under the bed and you may not see or feel or sense anything, but that doesn't mean that their experience wasn't truth. So I would say for parents um, or, or guardians of children is keep a journal of these experiences that your child is having, what they say, what they do. And then you can maybe go back in six months or a year and go back to, okay, this happened once before. Let's see what was happening in that life, you know, in, in their, in their lifetime or um, what was going on in their home at the time. If they're coming from a place where parents are fighting and arguing, I'm a very, very skeptical person. So I would be more likely right off the bat to say, okay, the child is experiencing trauma at home with these people. But if it goes into psychic ability, it's gonna be something that they continue forward in life, not just this moment. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it does. I do need to uh, reference a comment from Wendy in our YouTube chat. It is, Wendy says, I'm glad I'm not alone. I had the same situation growing up. I never heard anyone else that was like me. Thank you, Missy, for sharing your story. So uh, thank well, you. Wendy, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you for doing that for her. Um, I want to go to the, the point at which you said, once you recognize these were people without bodies, you could you could accept it a little differently. When, at what point was that? You This experience you shared with us was third grade. At what point did you start yeah. to understand what this was? All right, so I was about 16. I was having a sleepover at my best friend's house. They just bought this house. It was in Atwood, Ohio, or um, Atwater, Atwater, Ohio. And um, boy, oh boy, they moved into this house and we, you know, we were girls, we slept in the same bed. I was on the edge of the bed and she just had like a, you know, a twin bed, full bed, whatever, I don't know. We could both fit in the bed. It wasn't anything creepy about it. We were teenage girls. And I woke up out of a dead sleep and there was this bloody man there reminiscent of you know freddy krueger if you will but you know he he looked so angry and he was inches from my face jv he was right there and i could smell the the blood on him he he was so disturbing and I was frightened. I did not sleep. I screamed. Her parents woke up. My parents had to come and get me. I mean, I'm like 15, 16 years old at this point. Like nobody wants their mom and dad to come pick them up in the middle of the night. Um, it was a really horrible experience and I was so afraid to go back to my friend's house, but I wanted to see my friend. And when she got a driver's license, we went back, I went back to the house and there he was in the kitchen. And I was the only one in the kitchen because I, I had to get a drink and I was in the kitchen and I seen him there and I was like, go away. And he goes, I need to tell you where I'm buried. And I was like, what? I didn't know he could talk to me. And then I remember looking down and he didn't have any feet. And I'm like, where are your feet? And he goes, well, I don't know where I'm at, but I know I'm in the back. Well, months and months and months later, after I wasn't allowed at their house anymore um, because of this, basically they found a hidden like family graveyard and an unmarked grave was there of, of the man that had been murdered. And it was really crazy. And I realized that, okay, I was, I didn't have to be scared of him. He just needed help. And so then I kind of realized like, okay, you were once a person. And he was the first one that I actually talked to. 
And then I had another experience um, in my early 20s. I was 22 when my best friend's little girl passed away. And she came to me. Uh, and uh, it was incredible. Back when we had MySpace, I had emailed my friend and said, hey, I had this weird visitation from your daughter. And um, I realized I need to start talking to these spirits because otherwise they won't leave me alone. And once I started talking to them, I started learning and I started realizing that they have a story as we all do. We all have pain. We all are guilty of something. We are all in it to be successful and to change and to transform and to love each other. I mean, if you think about all we want is love and when you have a soul that's kind of earthbound or, or not stuck here on earth, but kind of sticking around until they can get their story told so they can be at peace. He just wanted somebody to acknowledge him. And my friend's daughter just wanted me to tell her mom that she was okay. And those two experiences I had were just so incredible. And I felt like this is what I need to do. So um, there were more experiences that I could talk about. I, I could talk to you all day about my experiences, but I do know that those were the two experiences I, I realized whether they're scary looking, they might not be the, the, the mean one, right? Or whether they're a child, it doesn't have to be evil. And that's what I want the listeners and the viewers right now to take away from this. If anything, just because you see a spirit or feel a spirit or a shadow person and you, you think it's negative, it more than likely isn't. And I've been on hundreds and hundreds of investigations with my husband and other people. And I, I can tell you that 90% of the time, it's not demonic or negative. It's just someone who is frantic trying to get their story out. And as long as you're willing and able to listen, as many of the people listening right now want or uh, want to share their experience or share their story or share what happened to them with their abilities, I'm here to listen. JV, you're here to listen. And that's what we need to do. We need to um, learn with love. I mean, I think that love is what we all want, even in death. And that's why the dead want to console the living. It's why I do what I do. I work for the dead. And, and I think that love is the closest thing to magic and it's why everybody wants it. It's why everybody craves it. And I think we all need to find a little bit of magic in our hearts. Okay. So again, so many comments. One is you said 90, 90% of, of what we experience is not malicious or demonic. I think it's probably even a higher percentage. I think you're being a little conservative with that number. Yeah. Um, there are so many investigators that jump right into, oh my God, I'm good. It's a demon on the other side or it's this. And it's like, come on, you got to stop thinking that way. Because as you pointed out, Missy, you know, if you're, if you were passed and you're on the other side and you're trying to get some help and you don't have the a physical body to communicate with, there are a lot of things you might try to do to get somebody's attention. And those things for, uh, for, for the untrained eye may seem malicious or may seem aggressive or scary, but they're not. They're just someone who doesn't have the same ability to communicate as you and I do trying to communicate. And we need to, we need to really recognize that so many people jump into this demonic stuff that it's a little, it's a little crazy. I want to go back though. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You want to come on. I was just going to tap in or like kind of tap on that is, you know, most of the spirit, you know, we're not all evil people here in the living. Why would we be evil in death? Right. And just because someone is like angry or mean or like a 
crabby person in life doesn't mean that they're going to go to hell. It, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, like I said, most of the spirits are benevolent. They're not horrible, evil creature beings. They're, they're just people. They're just souls. I love, you know, I'm laughing because you said grouchy, crabby person. And, and my my uh, partner in Paranormal Reality TV, Brick Griffith, uh, former cast member of Ghost Hunters, says that when I pass and I become a ghost, I'm, I'm going to be the crabby, cranky ghost because I'm kind of crabby and cranky in life. And he said, you're going to take those traits over there and you're going to you're going to haunt people with that. So that's why I was giggling about that. I want to go back though to the experience you had with, the, with when you saw the man for the second time in the kitchen, no legs. Most people can only relate to what you described from the movie they saw, which is The Sixth Sense, when the boy is seeing dead people. I'm sure. Is that what it's like? Or I mean, obviously, that's oh a movie. God. That's a movie. Okay. However, is that what it's like? So when I first saw that movie, I cried like a freaking baby. I mean, seriously, uh, my mom, like I told my mom, I told my aunt Sandy, may she rest in peace. I was like, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And sometimes the spirits were like, you know, it doesn't matter what age, what they, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if they don't speak English. It's about how you can communicate to them it, because uh, um, it, it's kind of like, they just, the spirits just needed someone to let, to acknowledge them. If you were ignored for 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years, wouldn't you want to be like, hey, I'm here, like, hello, I need to freak you out just to get your attention, then I will. So, yes. Yes, I, I, it's very similar to The Sixth Sense, and uh, I believe that I believe that we're all protected and I believe that as long as we like like uh the main guy character I can't think of his name right now but he is it Will Willis Bruce Willis was the main was the actor Bruce yeah Bruce Willis yeah yes. Bruce Willis played an amazing part because at the very end when he realized that you know spoiler alert here that he was the dead one he had to he had to realize that he had to go to a child who was the only one to see him or talk to him and that he helped that child learn his abilities but he helped that child and that child was then in turn that medium was in turn able to help him process his death so he could be at ease and at peace and really kind of just um you know kind of realize that death is just a transition from one form to the other. And we're all energy. We're all going to change and transform in one way or the other. So um, talk a little bit about uh, the point at which you decided, okay, um, I want to use this to help people. Uh, I, I realize I have, have uh, a gift and I want to use it to help people. Uh, that is that. I don't know if that was a a, a a source of angst for you trying to make that decision, or if it came naturally. But oh, talk about that point. Yeah. It was very difficult because I was actually working as a caseworker for the county, and I had a case. With their last name was Omen. It was actually in the paper. What happened? The mother had, you know, hurt her children, and I had called it before and. It was kind of that moment I came home and I was myself, you know, frankly suicidal because I couldn't save these girls. My husband was like, you know, it's okay. And I was like, I should have listened to my spirit guides. I should have listened to my spirit guides. And, you know, the people that I worked with probably thought I was crazy and that's okay. Everyone, you know, we need skeptics. And I just felt like I was losing my mind. 
and I was ready to like throw in the towel. My husband, I might get a little emotional. Um, my husband, Trevor, he was like, listen, you're gifted and you know, you should probably use these abilities. Just quit your daytime job because you're doing these mini readings and people are just coming to you, coming to you. And I was, I didn't know what to do. And finally a friend of ours, um, her name is Kim. So shout out to Kim Deenan. Um, she and my husband kind of took me under their wing and kind of explained to me like, Hey, listen, like you have something here. If you use it and you listen to it, you can do well and you can save other people. And so that was, you know, what, uh, almost a decade ago. And it's been like, you know, let's just own it. I quit my job and I've never looked back and it's been beautiful. I have, my family has been blessed beyond measure and I love the life that we live now. I mean, my husband, he's an IT guy who works a full-time job, yes, to pay the bills because mediumship does not pay the bills people, but it's not about money for me. It's about being able to connect with people and to connect with their loved ones and um, only by, you and other people am I given that opportunity? And I look at it as an ability that I need to use because it's a spiritual practice, like chefs cook, um, doctors practice medicine, teachers practice teaching. I mean, we, we use the abilities that are God given and we create a version of ourselves that is part of our, our purpose. And as long as we're true to that and we're authentic in that, our purpose and our our path will align and everything comes together and we get to meet the most amazing people in the paranormal pop culture field. And I'm just so grateful, but I literally could not do this without my husband because without his support, without his encouragement and his devotion to what I do, long hours, weird hours, trips away for people. I mean, this has been an exhilarating ride and I can't wait to see what's in the future. Do you think everybody is born with a bit of this sensitivity? Because I, every interview I do, people say, JV, you can do that do this. I really yeah. honestly feel like I'm as, I'm as sensitive as a stone. I really don't feel like I've got that connection. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm very mathematically minded. I'm not, I don't feel like I've, I've got this other side to me that has those sensitivities. Do you think everybody does? Everybody does. We're all born with it. We just end up getting busy with life and the society we live in now, everything is like microseconds away from, you know, having satisfactory. Everybody wants immediate gratification. And with what I do, you really need to slow yourself down and listen. And if you want to practice your clairvoyance, which is the extrasensory ability to see with the psychic eye, um, just kind of maybe tap on your mind's eye, your third eye, your brow chakra, and just kind of like close your eyes and let visions come in and maybe write down in a journal, this is a vision I got. What could this be interpreted as? What is my life experience with this a symbol that I had a vision of. If you want to connect and hear your loved ones, then practice, you know, talking in a different voice. You can sit here and talk like this and just all of a sudden you're just talking as a different person and you can sit here and, and just hear the different voices or you can sit here and talk like a man like this and then you got a whole other kind of opportunity to hear in different voices. It's all about connecting to that essence of your, your, primal 
body, your primal inner knowing that you are multiple different versions of yourself all at the same time. And if you can connect to that, and if you can lean into that sensitivity and be vulnerable to the universe and what the collective has to offer you, if you can pretend uh, to dance in your kitchen and to sing, if you want to sing like this, you're practicing a different frequency, a different pitch, and you're able to hone in that ability. And then you can start to hear in different, uh, in a different form. Like I'm able to, sorry if I blew your ear out. No, but are you a singer? Because that was quite a note. <laughs> no. no? <laughs> if someone is interested in getting a reading, like they, they, they feel like Either A, they just want to communicate with somebody on the other side, or they feel like maybe someone's been trying to communicate with them and they're just not getting the message. Uh, what's the best way for them to start with, let's say, you as a medium? Okay. Uh, well, for me personally, you just go to my website, pick a date and time that works for you. And I do readings over the phone, in person. I'm here in my office right now. My husband and I have a little uh, metaphysical store or spiritual shop in Louisville, Ohio. Uh, but I do virtual, I do, I have clients all over the country, all over the world at this point, actually. But, you know, be uh, aware, be mindful that it might be a couple weeks till you can actually get your appointment because, you know, I book up a couple months in advance most of the time. So uh, right now I've got group readings booking out in, in March and April. So it, it I mean, I, I'm a busy woman, but mediamissy.com, it's the best way to uh, book a session or see my online courses. And, um, I, I think that what I would tell people is, you know, before coming to me, um, or any medium or any psychic or healer, do your diligence, uh, look them up. Um, I have, I had a client the other day who booked a session and it was a completely fake name <laughs> just because she didn't want me to know who she was. And I was like, well, that doesn't matter. And what I give you in a reading isn't something that can be looked up on social media. So, and one, I don't have the damn time. <laughs> so I'm too busy. I got three kids, Girl Scout leader, football, cheerleader. Like I, I'm busy. <laughs> Do you, do you have the ability to turn it off though? I mean, can you go through your day and not have be bombarded with messages coming from people who are trying to communicate from the other side? So it's not like you can turn it on and off like a light switch, like a lot of people believe. For me, I work with my spirit guides, Nettie and Jasper. I actually talk about them in my book, Wisdom Nuggets from Heaven, but um, I introduce the, them to people. But uh, uh, for me, it's like, okay, I'm at the office. You guys know I'm open. I set clear boundaries, healthy boundaries. Just like if I tell you, JV, don't call me after 10 o'clock. You're not going to call me after 10 o'clock because I've told you not to. So my guides and loved ones, they know like, okay, guess what? You know, she's ready. She's open. Let's work. But at the same time, we have what I call like heaven hour. And that's when we're all sleeping between like two o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the morning. You're going to get a lot of um, messages sent. Everyone will have messages and their loved ones can come to us at that at those hours because our subconscious, our right mind, which you need to work on working that right brain, JV, that creative ability, not so much the left brain, the practical, factual side of yourself, but that is where um, you want to color or sing or talk in different voices or pretend to be different people because that's your creative side. That's going to connect to the right brain, your, your intuition, your um, ability to kind of stargaze into what you want 
uh, the connection to be like with your loved ones, including pets. So I think that people need to just before they go to bed, say, okay, mom, dad, okay, uncle, you know, pet, loved one, whoever, you know, or spirit guides, you know, come visit me, give me some psychic downloads while I'm sleeping. And you might have a profound dream or you might have a thought just before you fall asleep and you're like, oh, I got to remember that. And then dang it, you forget. You Every time. Every time I forget those. Now yeah. I, I have to, I have to share this with you just for a second. Um, I lost both of my parents within the last few years and, and they weren't very, they weren't very old either. They both died from different illnesses. It was, it was really a difficult time. Were However, them in their 50s? Uh, n no, so they were in their sixties. Okay. Cause I would, I would tell you, I, I just want to say this just really, really quick, if you don't mind. No, okay. Even though, like, I feel like with your mom, and and if I'm wrong, you just tell me it doesn't have to make sense now. But even with your mom's energy, and I don't know anything about you other than when you emailed me, but I feel like she would have not really been into this, but she's appreciative because she's learned so much and you have a great connection with her. She literally will like call your name. So when you hear your name being called, like, and you like, whoa, whoa, that sounded like so-and-so. She will call you because she wants you to know that this is where you're supposed to be at this point in life. And so for anyone listening, if you feel your name being called or you feel like it's a familiar voice from a loved one, it probably is. And even if you didn't get to say goodbye to her in the proper way that you would have wanted, as my camera is freezing, I think. Yeah, it is. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. But I want you to know that it's her way to come through to say she's good, she's having a ball, and this is exactly what you need to be doing because I think because of her passing, it's kind of catapulted you into some of this paranormal research, if that makes sense. Well, I'll tell you a couple things, and you're absolutely right. Um, it, it, it made me look at the paranormal stuff I've been doing for a while before prior to her, her passing, but it made me start looking at it very differently, and it made me start exploring like your work more seriously. Uh the, the mediumship stuff that you do, not that I, again, pretend to be a medium or feel that I have that ability, even though you say I do, I still just don't understand it. But under, I, I, I have a greater, a keener interest in, in mediums like you, Missy, and, and trying to understand that because I was, I'm an Italian and Italian men are notoriously connected to their mothers. Uh, and I am no exception to that. And uh, when she passed, it was very, very difficult. Um, but, my original point was going to be that since they've passed, I've, I continually am looking for that contact, that visitation. And I've had, and it's been, let me think, my father died in 2014. So now it's not, not as recently as it seems to me, but it's nine years of my father. My mother died three years later, 2017. So even that's six years ago. But either way, I've only had two dreams. Both of those dreams were very, very profound. And... Emo I was emotional and I was that's emotional. Okay. Well, and the other thing too, is why does your mom, like I'm, this is so random. Why does your mom want you to know that her feet don't hurt anymore? What's the deal with her feet? Was she, was she always on her feet or, or what's the deal with that? Or is she, yeah, yeah. She, uh, well, she, when I was young, she was a waitress and she <laughs> used to ask me to rub her feet for her uh, because she'd come home and, you know, give me a quarter. And if I rubbed her feet, I mean, now you think about it now, it's, it's funny. Um, but it, it, you know, if to her, her feet killed her from being on, her, on waitressing all day. I mean, my parents were very uh, modest and, uh, and we were very, uh, I don't know. We didn't have a lot. We were very, uh, 
I yeah. wanted, struggled I wanted to tell you as, something. as young. Yeah. Your mom loves to make her presence known, just like how she froze my camera. Okay. So I want you to know, anybody listening, if you have like electrical disturbances or like light disturbances, like orbs or little light anomalies on photos, those are your loved ones trying to manipulate the devices and the technology so they can like build up their battery in order to make their presence known. So even us just talking about her as she's on her feet right behind you, um, she's very excited that you've done some of this paranormal stuff in honor of her. And I just want you to know that. Well, that's really comforting to hear. And I know my mother, and she expressed her pride uh, from what I did. I was the first in the family to go to college. I was the first in the family to have a real, I mean, I had, we had successful people, but I had a really successful business, which is why I'm able to do this now. Um, so I, I, there are a lot of firsts and I was the oldest in the family and my, I was born when my mom was 18. So she was a teenager when I was, you know, an infant. And, you know, so there's a lot of interesting things there. And she's very made it known to me when she was alive that she was very proud. So I'm, I, I still feel that energy. So that's good to hear uh, from you as well. Um, I want to share one more thing about my mother that uh, that may help you understand how I'm passionate about this paranormal stuff. I've always been interested in it, but I've always been very, very skeptical, and I still am in many ways. But I was at my mother's bedside when she passed, and I had and, and people ask me what was the, what was the most significant paranormal experience you've had? Thinking, oh, well, I was in you know a full bodied apparition in a basement in some insane asylum, whatever. No. My most profound paranormal experience was when I was standing next to my mother's bedside. And as I watched those meter, those numbers on the display in the hospital tick down, you know, blood pressure, uh, heart rate, all that stuff go to zero. You know what's happening and you're becoming emotional as it's happening. Um, and when it all reached zero, a couple seconds after that point, this breeze came across my face. Um, and I'd been in that room for four days. And there were no breezes. There were no, there was nothing. There was no doors or windows that could have produced a breeze. But a few seconds after those numbers hit zero, a breeze came across my face. And I knew at that moment, my mother was kissing me goodbye. And, um, and that changed everything for me. It changed my perspective on all of this. JV, that's exactly why when I heard her, kind of like if you hear a song stuck in your head, that's kind of how I hear them. That's why she said her death was the catalyst to you really getting into this or maybe into the mediumship aspect of it. But again, there's that technology that she, that the interference with the technology, but I know what that was. I, I worked in a nursing home for a long time. I've seen a lot of dead people. I've seen a lot of people pass. And that moment that you felt that whiff of air, that was her soul moving through you to let you know she is at peace. And I want you to know too, something that I feel like I need to kind of bring up with this is not everybody will have a dream. Not everybody will have the experience that you were granted. It does depend on the relationship that you had with that person, but it also depends on the manner in which they have passed their death state, their exit point. But it also depends on the person's belief system and how open they are. And sometimes the people that are most left-brained or um, people that are most skeptical will have the most beautiful and profound experiences from spirit to validate that there is more than than this. Death is just a transition for us. 
I've got to move on. I'm getting a little emotional in this part, and I don't normally do that when we have these conversations. So I thank you for evoking that because it actually feels quite good. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about your paranormal investigations. You say you you and your husband have done a whole bunch. I think that's cool. He's probably not there. I'd have you move over and have him sit down too with us and talk yeah, a little bit about it. So my hubby, Trevor, um, he actually had an experience in 1998, I think, um, at a place called Rogue's Hollow. And um, it's in Clinton, Ohio, I believe. I may be wrong, but you can fact check me. Um, and so when him and I got together, our first date, I was like, so I talked to dead people. And he goes, oh, cool. My mom's a psychic. She reads tarot cards. I'm like, <laughs> oh. Okay. And again, divine timing, literally like right after his mom passed, like we ended up running to each other at my work and it was just, we've been, uh, can't separate us since then, but he created, um, a paranormal group. It's called rogues hollow paranormal. Um, you can find them on Facebook, but it's R O G U E S rogues hollow paranormal. And, um, he's just now getting up all the social media stuff, but you can find him on Facebook or, um, uh, reach out to him at rogues, hollow paranormal at gmail.com, uh, or at Gmail. But, uh, he is very good. He, it, he has all the Reiki levels you can attune to. Um, he's actually also the only demonologist. He went to school and he is the only demonologist in the county in which we live. And so we do get so many calls about paranormal investigations. And we have, like, if you talk to him about the paranormal stuff, I'm just the medium, his, I'm like his sidekick. <laughs> um, but when it comes to paranormal investigations, um, he makes me go in blinded, <laughs> um, blindfolded most of the time. So I can just kind of tap into my own um, extrasensory abilities and senses, the psychic senses, and be able to get what I pick up on and he can validate it. So it's, it's pretty amazing the work that he's done. And I'm very, very proud of him. We have a lot of um, things that we're getting ready to do that's on the calendar for next year. Um, and I'm very excited because he has supported me and trusted me with my mediumship. And, um, because of that, uh, he has kind of taken his part in this on and to see him blossom and grow is absolutely beautiful. I, I'm just very proud of him because he comes into it with a very open mind, but also extremely skeptical and like he was extremely when you two, when you when you two do an investigation together he said you said uh, he blindfolds you i don't know if you meant that figuratively or literally but either way literally literally so you go into literally. you go into a location and you you are deprived of your your visual sense anyway but probably you probably have no knowledge are you going in without knowledge no. as well he literally doesn't give me anything. And it's so crazy because we have other people on the team too. And he'll even bring in another medium to kind of see what they get and, and kind of compare notes. And it's kind of amazing to see what hits are the same. Or a lot of times, like with the local historical society that um, we work with here, um, the Louisville and the Michelin Historical Society. I actually did a walkthrough, a blindfolded walkthrough, and all the items I touched, the Historical Society was able to validate the history because I'm not from around where 
we live now, but we do a ghost tour. And one summer I went around all of our town and picked up what I could. And my husband and Rhonda from the historical society were able to find like documentation, historical documentation on factual, um, experiences and events that occurred. And that was mind blowing for me. And I just keep working with it and I love it. And I do love paranormal pop culture. I think that there's a lot of people out there trying to there right now. I think that there's a shift in paranormal investigations. It's not all demonic. It's all, it's not all, um, bad. I think there's so much more good out there and these places that have activity we need to get back into the history and if we got back into the history like my husband loves to do he really dives down he really delves deep into the history of these locations and that's what i love about what he does because he doesn't he doesn't give me anything nothing he'll just be like hey um he doesn't even give me the address like he'll be like hey we're going to an investigation can um you be here i'm like sure and then like I, I have to sit in a car with a bunch of men while they're all chatting away with God knows what conversations. And I'm just like, I'm going to just sit here and listen to what my brain is telling me is picking up. And, and it's amazing. Some of the stuff that comes through. So it's, 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 it's amazing. Uh, it, it sounds like uh, his approach to the paranormal investigating is very similar to what we do. Um, we love the historical aspect. I mean, in fact, we did, we did an investigation, um, I remember a uh, Galleon, Ohio. Do you know the town of Galleon, Ohio? It's near near Columbus. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't okay. I wouldn't have expected you to, but we we went there uh, to investigate a place called the Brownella Cottage, and we had no idea. We got there and we found out that the owner, the the person that had lived there and it was built for, was a the first um, person tried and convicted of heresy in the United States. He was a an Episcopalian bishop. And he changed wow. his his beliefs, and he he adopted communism. This was in the nineteen teens and twenties, and he adopted communism. And he just he started to write about the fact that he felt that the Bible and Christianity was basically a metaphor that Jesus Christ didn't actually exist. He was just a metaphor, and he started. To, and the church obviously had wanted no part of that, and they convicted him of heresy and stripped him of his title. And then he—it's a long story, but th this historical part of this story came out, and we were just fascinated by that. And I've since done some interviews about it to learn more about the story. And his writings are fascinating too. I don't agree with any of it, but it's—it's it's really fascinating. So the historical part, and I think you're absolutely right, is such a major component of all of this and if we're going to take anything away from these investigations yeah we'd love to have paranormal evidence but but learning more about our history and the history of these local buildings or places or whatever is is such a huge part of this and i'm really i applaud your husband and you for for uh, taking on that mantle too because it's really important it, it is very important. And the way Trevor does the investigations is like, we'll get a call and they'll be like, I need to talk to Missy. It's like, well, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And like my husband has like uh, uh, an interview form. It's very simple. He'll go through questions like, are you going through any marital problems? Are you going through financial? Are you diagnosed with any mental or um, psychomatic kind of um, diagnoses? Like, you know, are there any drinking or drugs or any violence in the home right now? Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into the preliminary investigation, which is the research, the interviews, the history of the location. And then if my husband feels 
that, okay, this is something that we, let's check it out. And we, and he does not charge for anything. If I do a home cleansing, I'll charge for that because that's my time and my, my supplies. But when my husband goes out, he doesn't do, he doesn't charge just like you. It, it's all free because we're there to help the people. But that means we're also very particular with our time and our energy. And we've been told by so many people, um, people know us all over Ohio, but uh, people have so told us that we're kind of like the the modern day Ed and Lorraine Warren, which I'm not gonna you know take that title away from them because they're amazing. They were a catalyst in this field, but I do believe that um, Trevor has a unique way to do his investigations, and I follow what my husband uh, guides us to because he's my protector also, and um, he's my safe space, and I hope that I'm his in some in some way, but I do know that um, the families that we've been able to help can probably give you some really great testimony. And, it, and it's been a blessing. It, re it really has been. Missy, one of the things that we do, and I, I may or may not have mentioned this to you when we first uh, started communicating, but uh, Paranormal Reality TV teams up with uh, local paranormal groups and local psychic mediums to try to uh, work together on investigations. And I'd love to reach out to you. I'll uh, have your email and stuff and uh, see if we could coordinate a time where we could work with you and your husband and uh, get out and do an investigation and, and do it live for our audience and see what we can come up with there. Because I really sounds like the way you work is the way we like to work. And, uh, and, and that makes it far more interesting to us to work with people who are like-minded. So I'm um, expect that email from me. Now I've kept you longer. Right. I've kept you longer than I said I would. So I want to give you this opportunity just to let people know where they can get your book, where they can contact oh, you yes. for a, a reading. And if you've got any events or anything else you want to mention, now's the time to do it. Okay, so um, Trevor and I are going to be hitting the road this year doing some um, speaking events. So he'll post those on his Facebook page and I'll post them on mine too. But my Facebook page is Medium Missy. Uh, my YouTube channel is Medium Missy Tolly. There's a ton and ton and ton of free content on my website and on YouTube. Um, Trevor's Facebook page is Rogues Hollow Paranormal. Um, it looks like, you know, the, the Headless Horseman kind of logo, if you will. Um, and to book a session with me is on my website, mediamissy.com. To reach out to Trevor for an investigation or a haunting, um, he will have classes coming up. But we're really hitting the road in 2024, really kind of getting it out there. We've had a lot of people like you, JV, reach out to us and ask us to come and do speaking events and whatnot. So I'm going to kind of, we're going to kind of, uh, travel together, but it'll be great. I do have um, my first book out. It's called Wisdom Nuggets from Heaven, a medium's uh, a medium's collection of inspiring ways to grow through grief. This is an amazing book. I've sold uh, quite a few hundred copies of this already, so it's a really great book. Okay. Um, and I am working on uh, my third book. I had a first book out. It's called Gratitude. You can get them on Amazon, but uh, Trevor also he's probably going to kick me in the shin for this, but he has a book also coming out in 2024 that is his take on a lot of these entities that we've come into contact with that aren't necessarily human, 
um, which is, you know, is a thing I'm sure you've kind of come across elementals and, and aliens and all the other things, right? Um, so he's got a book coming out this year too, and I'm excited for people to read it because it's coming along amazingly. And I'm very proud of my husband. So I'm, I'm very proud of him. Well, it sounds like you guys work really well together. Now I have to show you this. Okay. So this is, this was my like list of questions. You don't need to read it, but just see what I've got there. I didn't get to one of these. I, we didn't talk about one of these questions today. We talked about oh, wow. everything else, which, which is great though. I mean, that's fun. Um, Thank you for being here, Missy. It was a really uh, stimulating and also comforting in many ways conversation. I appreciate your time. I will be reaching out to see if we can collaborate on some work together because that would be fun. And anytime you've got something going on, please let us know. Yeah, we do have, um, well, Trevor and I are going to have, we're going to relaunch our podcast. It's actually called... This is funny. Um, it's called The Dead Talk 2, T-O-O, -O, The Dead Talk 2. And uh, we're going to relaunch that this year, too. So like I said, we're going to be busy, and um, I'm excited for what's to come. But maybe we can have you on our podcast. Love to. That would be a lot of fun. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll let Trevor know. Terrific. Awesome. Thank you, Missy. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you again very soon. Well. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Happy New Moon of Scorpio. <laughs> New Moon of Scorpio. Um, all right. So uh, once again, Missy Tolly, uh, you can find her at all the places that uh, she mentioned. In addition to that, I threw links to her book in the chat rooms. So if you're in the chat and you want to find Missy's book, you can do that by clicking on one of those links. Uh, it's very easy to do. Uh, we we really enjoy having conversations like that. And it gets very personal when I, when I talk about my mom. And those who have watched my program for years now know that I, I bring that experience experience or those experiences up because they're obviously very personal to me. But when you talk about having personal paranormal experiences, uh, to me, those that those experiences that relate to my parents or my mom specifically are very personal, but also very profound to me. So that's why I bring those up. So anyway, thank you all for the great questions. I didn't get to them all. Um, you know, we had a lot to talk about. And as I mentioned, I had this whole list of things to go over and we didn't even get to that. So we'll have Missy back on at some point and we'll be able to do this again for sure. Maybe we'll have Trevor on as well. I'd love to hear more about uh, his view on some of this stuff. Remember, we've got the two live investigations coming up in just a couple of weeks, November 30th, December 1st, and then December 3rd and December 4th. So kind of back to back with a day in between there so that we can change locations. They should be really interesting. These places sound fabulous. I'm not going to tell you exactly where they are yet, but they're near Indianapolis, Indiana. So we'll be traveling toward the Midwest. That seems to be where we're focusing because we're doing so much work with the Ghost Sisters and they're located in Ohio. So they know these places and they uh, they open them up to us. So that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Mark it in your calendar. Again, if you could see fit to subscribe and follow for sure, but if you can offer a subscription to offer some support to the channel and the things we're doing, we'd appreciate that as well. And if you're a podcast listener, we've got a lot, we've got our, the, the discussions that we have on this show get downloaded and I'm not exaggerating tens of thousands of times a week, um, in the podcast version. If you're a podcast listener of the show, please check out our Facebook page and our YouTube page. Uh, Facebook is at paranormal, paranormal RTV, paranormal RTV, and YouTube is paranormal reality TV. We are able to get the full spelled out name there on, on YouTube, but, uh, Facebook is paranormal RTV. Again, thanks to Misty and thanks to everybody else. We had a great time today. Thank you to you for joining us on your Monday, and we will see you all very, very soon. <laughs>